Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free reviews, recaps, and sometimes recommendations for whatever we read that week. Amy, what did we read this week? We read Imprudent Lady by Joan Smith. And this was also a recommendation from a listener. Yes, it was. This one comes from Tara of... I want to say Canada. Yeah, Tara's in Canada. Yeah. She actually gave us a couple of recommendations. And we're and working I'm... our way through yeah, them, Yeah, we are, we are working our way through them. So this is our first from Tara, but there are a couple of others as well. So are you? do you want to do the plot summary? I yes. think you need to do the plot summary. Okay. I'm just I'm just going to call it ahead of time. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I'll say it's Regency England, and oh, and and we follow the life of a girl called Prudence, and she and her mother. The plot kind of begins with, or doesn't begin with, but we are told in the past about the death of her dad, and some kind of cousin has inherited, and her mother and her are left to pretty much rely upon the generosity of her uncle on her mother's side, who is also sort of single and childless bachelor. So he doesn't have anyone else in his household. So her mother and her move in with him. For all intents and purposes, Prudence is a spinster, well on her way to spinsterhood. They are not a particularly wealthy family. So no, and I uncle, think it's important, though, to say that they're also not really in the upper class. That's Yeah, that's, uh, that is what we're getting there. That's important. So they're not particularly wealthy and are more kind of on the very fringes of the ton. Mm. And... Her uncle is a painter. I would say her uncle fancies himself as a society painter yes. in the style of like Reynolds or one of those. Yes. Yeah. And he thinks he's he thinks he's quite awesome at portraits. <laughs> and but also keeps thinking that these society women want to trick him into being in a compromising position and steal his money and marry him. So he makes prudence or her mother quite frequently sit in for his painting sittings when he has he's doing a painting for like a widowed lady or something like that. So Prudence and her mum kind of have to just play into and placate kind of this uncle because ultimately they are the poor relatives. They are at his kind of... Ever-changing whim. Exactly. And so in pretty much Chapter 2, Prudence... No, it's really early on. Prudence starts writing and... She starts copying. She starts doing copying. I can't remember how that kind of happened, but she starts doing copying out for one of her uncle's friends. Yeah. And then over time... She's writing a tedious memoir. (laughs) She found that... She, when she was writing, her uncle didn't interrupt her very much. Like she didn't have to speak to him and be like, oh, it's a beautiful painting. So she would finish the copying that she needed to do and then would just keep writing because it tricked him. And in the process, actually becomes a novelist and becomes not massively wildly successful, but is moderately successful and it gives her this whole kind of new lease on life it gives her like this kind of purpose it earns her a little bit of pin money for her and her mom so it's great and it kind of is the she sees it as maybe her path towards not freedom is in can set up her own establishment but certainly it's a path towards a bit of purpose in her life because she had kind of given up love or you know whatever the plot also then is about the love interest because it's a romance novel and he is a 
poet. In the style of Byron, he's been travelling yes. overseas and he writes incredibly popular verses, highly dramatic tales of adventure. And saucy seduction and things like that. And there are all sorts of rumours surrounding him and things he gets up to and all of that kind of stuff. But he is essentially, again, he's a gentleman. He's a member of the aristocracy. He's lord. Has a lordship lord, or an whatever. earldom. Yep. And he kind of their paths cross because they share a publisher. And the publisher is trying to sort of, you know, help Prudence get into the kind of out into the world and get recognized and get make contacts. And the Lord kind of fobs her off and through kind of just plot devices and writing and whatever, they actually become friends. And that's kind of it. It then is yeah. really a story about friendship that grows into more over time but it's more in terms of percentages it's more about a friendship than it is about kind of steamy love yeah it's yeah it's not a steamy bodice ripper book no and that's kind of it i think anything else is like go read. i think that was a good summary yeah go read it if you want to know more so amy would you recommend Im- – is it Imprudent Lady yes, because, or Unprudent Lady? No, no, Imprudent, because you're not unprudent, you're imprudent. No, I know, but I remember when looking at it that I was – I remember- It's a play on impudent. Yeah, I okay, I understand that. <laughs> She's going to punch me in the face. That's what her face currently says. Never mind, it doesn't matter, whatever. <laughs> I'm not even going back to clarify. Imprudent okay, Lady. Mm-hmm. Would I recommend Imprudent Lady by Joan Smith? Yes, I would. I really enjoyed it. It was heaps of fun. It wasn't massively, like, mentally or emotionally onerous to read. Mm. I had a really good time yeah, reading nice. it. I enjoyed the writing. Right. I liked how sort of it was a bit – it was dry. Yeah, the, for sure. The tone of it. And mm. I quite enjoyed, like, the the way that the uncle was characterised and he how we I liked, saw the uncle yeah. through the lens of prudence and – Lord – Damaral? Damaral. No, no, that's in Venetia, but it's similar to... Whatever. Lord whoever. Lord D. We see the uncle through both of these characters, and I really enjoyed how when... I liked they that were he, telling that, the story yeah, about the involved kind of thing, yeah. But you could hear the voices of the characters. Mm. When Tara recommended this to us, she recommended it because she had exhausted Georgette Heyer and was looking for something uh, sort of similar or Georgette Heyer adjacent. And interestingly, and- this book was published very, very, like, Georgette Heyer died in the mid-70s and mm. this book was published in the mid-70s. That's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, she said, like, this author has written quite a lot mm-hmm. and Tara said she'd read quite a lot of them and, yes, yeah, said that what attracted her to it was – that it was similar, if not the same, but similar to Haya. And I and found tone. that in the writing as yes, well. Yes, I agree. And and the sort of mood. Mm. That, that was, was the vibe fun. of it that I think I enjoyed too, was the Haya-esque nature. He didn't have the components of farce that are often in Haya novels because it yeah. didn't have the, um, you know how there's often like an idiot friend? Yeah. And that the sort cast of slapstick was comedy. Smaller. It was a nice, concise, it condensed was a really cast. small cast, which again is, you know, it's quite, I suppose as a writer, it's more difficult to manage a larger cast perhaps, but um, I, I enjoyed the condensed cast. Too. I enjoyed the condensed cast and I really enjoyed their friendship. Mm. I enjoyed that. 
and their the dynamic between those two characters. Mm, yeah. And I looked forward to, like, I read it over two nights. Yeah. And I looked forward to picking it up the next day. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So I would recommend it. It's not a it. long read, certainly. No, I'd say it's shorter than your average hair. Yeah, agreed. Um, but it was really, it hit the spot. Nice. It was a, thank you, Tara. It was a very satisfying book and I really enjoyed it and I will recommend it to future people. Delightful. When they too have exhausted their Georgette Heyer romance novel stacks. And I think, like, it's quite clear that you also enjoyed it, Kimberly. I did. I really, really liked it. Particularly, I think it came at the kind of a perfect time for me in terms of what else I had been reading. Yeah. That I just wanted something fun and comforting and comfortable and I actually want to read it again it's raining really really heavily at the moment in Brisbane but it's been raining for for like like two weeks fortnight and it's the type of weather where you actually I could sit up curl up with a book and my cup of tea and reread it yes a hundred percent and yeah I enjoyed it as well because sometimes this is going to be probably slightly controversial but sometimes when I read Georgette Heyer I just wish she'd get to the point. <laughs> so that's what I like about Georgia. Hey, are the meanders the like little I don't, sort of comedy I don't sitcom dislike, things that happen I on don't the side. dislike them. Sometimes they are quite enjoyable, but it does mean that for me, Georgia Hayer sits in a very particular mood. Yes, that's true. She is not something I can pick up all the time because sometimes I don't want to meander like that or sometimes, you know, I don't want to have to work that hard. I just but, want it to kind of happen in a way that is a bit more straightforward and a bit simpler and rara. And certainly I think this kind of like almost almost reader, Reader's Digest hair kind of thing, like it was a much more kind of condensed, same kind of vibe, same kind of mood or tone, same kind of style, but in a much kind of, you know, more condensed. You've said condensed a lot. I know. So making me start to think about condensed milk. Sorry. But, but you know more, what I mean, More right? compact and, and like, yeah. more concise. The cast of characters were smaller, therefore the time frame. Everything was also a little bit less complex. What they there weren't, weren't There wasn't a MacGuffin. There's often a MacGuffin. And there wasn't the supporting Heyer. cast whose narratives were also getting fulfilled. It was no. only the two main characters and maybe An occasional side character who literally enters for the purpose of having them interact with someone else. But yeah. I... And I did. I enjoyed the simplicity of it. That's what I mean. Yeah. It was it was more simple than your average hair, and that's what I liked the simplicity. But yeah, the fact that it was also more about a friendship and about love growing out of a friendship. I just that was my vibe that day, and I really loved it. Do you think it's more um, like mood adaptable? Like, could you pick up Imprudent Lady in a wider variety of moods than? you would other types of romance novels? I think so, yes, because I think it's inoffensive. And by that I don't mean that other romance novels are offensive. I mean it in that sense of it's kind of unassuming and it's not – it didn't feel very, like, brash or in your face. Even their romance – It is hard not to like. Like, even their romance was very much – she kind of, like, hung out in her study – and he, so the kind of next step is obviously over the course of them becoming friends. They become their friendship is based on the fact that he reads her work and he respects and really her. Really respects the work that she does. So it's built on this on this kind of foundation of he sees her as an equal because. And I really liked that. Me too. And I liked that they didn't have that you know bickering. No. That, or that 
you know, a continued misunderstanding of each other's character yes. that sometimes bogs things down. That, and that's, that's what I mean as well. It was inoffensive yeah. and simple in that way too. Yeah. And it was more about it logically, of course, would just take a little bit of time for what they had to grow into something else. And so that was the time of the book. That's why it wasn't just like, hi, oh, I like you too, we should marry. It was. It took time for their friendship to become something else. But it didn't take the overcoming of some arbitrary obstacle. Yes. And that's the part, and that's rare, and that's the part that I think makes it more... Um, versatile. Versatile, yeah. Great word. It was... So, yes, that's what I... I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very, very much, Tara. Yeah, I thought it was great. There was something profound, I was going to say, but oh I forgot. Lost it. Yeah, lost the profundity. I don't even know if that's a real word, mm. but I'm going with it. Yeah, I so believe it is. I agree. Thank you, Tara. We would totally... I think, uh, it's a treasure I, for me. I think I, I will totally definitely could as well. reread it. Definitely treasure. Very happy to have purchased it. I might go home and read it again. Hmm. I can't. I'm halfway through a very arduous murder mystery at the moment. So. Oh, I mean, is it one I've made you read? Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> it's one being narrated by Richard Armitage. So oh, that one. I made myself yes. read it because well, you of could Richard just Armitage. zone out and hear the voice. We know how much I love him. He's doing an excellent performance in the audiobook. Not relevant. We digress. So, we Treasure. Do. Treasure. Thank you, Tara. And we look forward to having a crack at your next recommendation. Do send us in recommendations. We really enjoy finding things that sometimes divert us from that. Like I get consumed in vortexes of particular genres Mm. and it's nice to be pulled out of them. But do you know what else is awesome about about the podcast, right? And it was kind of... She's patting herself on the back right now. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm not actually. Wait till I'm finished. It's not that at all. I didn't kind of see it coming when we started doing it. But because our listeners, our wonderful listeners obviously have listened to a bunch of episodes they know what stuff we were like we loved that and then other things we were like did not enjoy that and we talk about the reasons why and that kind of thing most of our recommendations have been quite spot on because it's like extending your group of people who are your best friend book readers uh, who, who read. know you yeah. very very well and who are able to pick what it is you would really enjoy. Like how you recommend books to my husband. And he, exactly. always, he always goes, has Kimberly recommended that book? Yes. Like, wait, and I, is and it I Kimberly say approved? No, he'll go, oh, I might not read it unless it's Kimberly approved. Ask Kim if she thinks I should read it. <laughs> so there's, I feel like I've extended my circle of people who I totally trust to recommend me things into this like huge global network. So not why we started the podcast, but Prom's one of my favourite bits. I'm loving <laughs> the recommendations. So, so please send, send me an email. And me. Yes, and Amy. But I'm I'm very, very keen. I will say that I out of the two of us, I usually jump on recommendations a bit faster because I'm I'm very keen to read things that people are uh, suggesting. And then I toddle down to the library and borrow it out. Yes, because that's your job. Yeah. Mm. At any rate. Whether you recommend us a book or not, definitely join us next week when we will bring you some more spoiler-free reviews and possibly recommendations of whatever we read. And until then, have happy reading. reading! 
And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.